her skin slightly tipsy. She'd had a long lunch, gone shopping. The guard put her purchases into the boot, and she gave him several notes. This smells like a new car, she said as they queued to get into the early evening traffic on Corlett Drive. She was English, Yorkshire. It is a new car, said Nimond, in an old body. God, she said, and so I feel. Nimond smiled didn't say anything. He could feel that she wanted to flirt. They often did, these rich women, but it was bad for business. People down the street got hit two weeks ago, she said. The car got in behind them before the security gate could close. Three men. Fortunately, they settled for money. Lucky, said Nimond. Mostly it's your money and your life. When we get there, we want to be inside quickly. How does it open? Remote, she said. You punch in the code. How far away? You have to be at the gates. Put in the code now. Mrs. Sean searched in her bag, found a device, and pressed soft buttons. I think I've done it, she said. The house was in a leafy street, one of four large mock Georgian houses. The perimeter walls were three metres high, topped with razor wire. As Zeke drew up in front of the steel gates, Nimont opened his door. Open them, he said. Close as soon as you're in, Mrs. Sean. It's very fast, she said. Me too. Nimont was out on the edge of the curb, looking around. Early summer high-felt dusk, hint of jacaranda blossom, a place to come home to, have a swim, pour a big scotch, shed the cares of the day. There was a sharp sound, the gates unmated, and Zeke drove into the driveway, a walled corridor leading to the doors of a three-car garage. Nimont, walking backwards, got inside just before the gates met. On the driver's side, a security monitor was mounted against the wall. Mrs. Sean handed Zeke another remote control. With Nimont leaning against the car, they went on a video tour of the house, room by room, two-camera vision. Beside the monitor, a green light glowed. It meant that no window and no door had been opened or closed since the alarm was activated. Let's see the garage, said Nimont. There was one vehicle in it, a black jeep four-wheel drive. A camera at floor level showed no one hiding underneath it. Mrs. Sean used the remote. The left-hand door rose. Pistol out, Nimont waved to Zeke. He parked behind the jeep, and the garage door descended. Zeke took the short-barrel automatic shotgun out of its clips under the driver's seat. Mrs. Sean unlocked the steel door into the house with a card and a key. Nimont went first, Zeke behind him. They were in a hallway painted in tones of grey, mulberry carpet, a single painting under a downlight, a print, Cezanne. Mrs. Sean disarmed the alarm system. Wait here, said Nimont. She shook her head vigorously. No, I don't want to be on my own. They went into a passage, then into every room. Nimont opened every cupboard, every wardrobe, Zeke covering him. In the sitting room, Nimont said, You can relax, Mrs. Sean. He didn't feel relaxed. She went into the kitchen and came back holding a bottle of Verve Clicquot and a crystal flute. I'm having a glass of bubble. There's everything else, beer, scotch, whatever. The men shook their heads. You're expecting Mr. Sean when? said Nimont. 
Anytime now, anytime. Calls to make. Zeke left the room, closed the door. Well, said Mrs. Sean, sitting. Home at last. You're very professional. What do I call you? Mike, said Nimond. He looked at his watch. He had a bad feeling about this house. The houses next door, you know, the people. She drank. Well, we're the longest survivors in the row here. What, two months? Can you believe that? I was so naive when we came. I mean, I thought it'd be like Malaysia. I lived there with my first husband. We had this lovely house in KL. The poor don't bother you there. I hate this country. I'll be back in the UK tomorrow. Nimont was already tired of listening to her. He was forced to listen to people like her every day. Bloody Brett told me it was going to be for two or three weeks. Then people...